Welcome one and all to episode 149 of the original Draft Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox. With me tonight, my co-host, Justin Higdon. And Justin, we are through the first week of the craziest offseason in NFL history. And, well, now we're heading into the home stretch of, of draft time. I believe we're 35, 35 days away, 36 days away from from the 2022 nfl draft but before we get going how how are you doing man man i got a cold last week i didn't know you could still do that i didn't know that was still a thing um but otherwise i'm doing good um yeah we're gonna talk about that craziness the off-season craziness uh on the patreon show which will these shows will be we're taping late this week so they'll, they'll come out like back to back thursday and friday uh, so check that out. Um, as always, my pitch for two bucks a month, you can get that extra show every week. And this week we're going to be talking about some trades that went down. We had uh, the big Deshaun Watson to Cleveland trade, the Matt Ryan trade to Indy. We had Tyreek Hill got traded to uh, Tyreek got Hill traded got traded on uh, Wednesday from Kansas City. And where Tyreek go? The Miami Dolphins. That <laughs> ah, doesn't make sense. That's why I can't even remember it. Because I'm like, why? <laughs> why? That's not a good fit. Anyway, we're going to be talking more about that stuff on the Patreon show. So check that out. And uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about our quarterback rankings for the 2022 class. Uh, as we get into the rankings, we want to get through you know, our rankings for every position. We're going to try and get some guests on for some of the other position groups. But we want to give you our rankings. And mo- for the most part, we're going to keep those here on the iTunes, Spotify, et cetera, feed so that everyone can get a chance to, uh, to hear what we think about this year's class. And do we want, I mean, we didn't even discuss this beforehand because we try to stay out of each other's rankings. Do we want to go five to one or one to five here? Let's go five to one. All right, let's go five to one. So, uh, you know, I have talked about this quite a bit. I'm, basically one and two are set for me three, four and five are up in the air. And, and the reason I say that is not because there's more to know or more of this or that. I think it's just about what you want. And so realistically, these are all guys that are probably top 60 guys in this class. Um, They're all guys that, you know, if, if the Cardinals didn't have a quarterback, I would be 100% interested in them at, at the 55th pick. These, these three guys all kind of fit. And, and the reason that I'm going to end up ranking them based on, you know, certain things we'll, we'll go through, you know, some of it's going to be age. Some of it's going to be based on the fact that they uh, have some injury issues, um, and then some of it's just going to be going back to, uh, you know, what we've seen from them. So the first guy that I'm going to put fifth in the class, and this is, like I said, it, it's these three are a coin flip for me. And, and it's not a negative. It's not a knock. But I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter as my fifth guy in this class. Um, Ritter, I love all the intangibles intangibles about him right like you you hear about him as a leader his on the field work over four years at Cincy really I mean think about where Cincy was four years ago they were a good program they were one of the better 
group of five programs in college football. And then Desmond Ritter finishes his career by taking them to the college football playoffs. The first group of five team to make a college football playoff. He did it with his arm. He did it with his leg. He's a tough kind of gritty competitor. I like Desmond Ritter, the prospect quite a bit. Um, like I said, if the Cardinals needed a guy at 55, I really do think he is a, a nice fit. Um, couple things. The reason that you would see him in round two for me, uh, arm strength, uh, he's not got the strongest arm in the world. He's not a guy that, you know, is, is going to be, you know, a, a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, or I don't even know if he's got a strong arm as Kyler Murray. Um, but when you look at, you know, the six, four, he's got a good quick release. And we talked about it after the combine an alpha athlete, like one of the better athletes in the draft at any position. When you combine all of that, I have a hard time seeing him fail. And what, what I mean by that is this is a guy that's going to be in the league for a long time. Um, he kind of, he's, he kind of, he doesn't run quite as much. And so I don't want this to be, you know, looked at as a, as a, a negative comp, but I kind of, liken him to what we saw with like uh Colin Kaepernick like a a a true guy that that doesn't win with his legs but can win with his legs when need to like I said he's got that bigger body you know listed at 6'4 came in at over 210 pounds um but he's got that freak athleticism and he's got the ability to push the ball into different areas of the field like I said he's not a guy that's going to be the deep ball thrower consistently, but I, I like him. And I think if you could get him in round two, if you're a team that needs a quarterback, um, that would be a great fit. So I'm definitely going <clears> to <throat> talk about Ritter more, but a spoiler, I guess he's, cause he's going to be a little higher up my list, but I like a lot of what you said about him and I'll elaborate more on my feelings when we get to him. Um, so I'll start with my quarterback five, and that's going to be Matt Corral. And Corral's a guy earlier in the year, well, coming into the year, wasn't too high on him. Earlier in the year, I got kind of enamored with his production and his his kind of easy arm strength. He's got good zip on the ball. But when I, I really sat down to look at him, for one, the, the guy's been banged up a lot. And uh, he was in and out of games all year. He, he had his pro day on Wednesday. And, you know, we still don't have numbers on him as far as what he ran. And uh, he's still coming back from a high ankle sprain that he suffered late in the year. And uh, he, even in that bowl game, he tried to give it a go, but he didn't last very long in that game. Um, and I think that's where he really got – I mean, he had been hurt throughout the year, but that's where he really got the significant ankle injury. Um, this guy's an RPO king. He's – I think – Depending on what site you're referencing, you had anywhere between like 70 and 80% of his passes were RPOs this year. So he's definitely a player who was in a quarterback-friendly system. And I don't really hold that against him too much because they do that a lot in college to try and make it friendly to the quarterback. But, you know, he's a smaller guy. six. He's 6'1", 215-ish. And there's no doubt he's tough. 
there's no doubt that he showed some athleticism this year. They used him a lot as a runner. And like I said, I like that arm, but I don't see a great bit of upside with him. And I think we have to mention those those games in 2020 where he did not take care of the ball. He did a, a much better job not throwing interceptions this year, but he's still a player who takes a lot of contact. And so fumbles, turnovers are going to be a risk with him. Uh, he also plays kind of a freewheeling style. So again, turnovers kind of come with the territory with that style. So I see Corral as a player who has some kind of like stopgap. This is going to be a common theme with my quarterback evals this year. Kind of a stopgap, backup, upside. But I don't see him as a, as a long-term starter. I still am seeing him in the first round of some mock drafts, and I don't see that at all. And I've even seen him as, as quarterback one for some people. And it's just, that's not, we're just not going to match up on that. So uh, that's, he's my quarterback five. I would take him in the third or fourth round, probably closer to the fourth round. And uh, I, I just wouldn't expect him to become a starter for my team. He's just kind of a, it'd be kind of a luxury pick. Corral's been the guy that I've been wanting to see. And, you know, I was riding with him as my quarterback one, but you kind of hit the nail on the head on why he ends up being my quarterback four. And that's just because I think his upside's higher than Ritter. Um, but there's so many injury concerns with him. The fact that he hasn't been able to do anything all offseason, I mean – I get I get a high ankle sprain. I really do, but like he man, was at least able to throw today. Right. I mean right. on Wednesday, so and so, you know, you look at it and and I get that. It's just it's worrisome because as you know, as a team, you know, it, and you had Baker, we have Kyler uh, guys that use that mobility as part of their sh- the strength to their game. If he's that nicked up in college, it's hard to see him getting healthier going into the pros, if that makes sense. Yeah, you think of a guy with staying power, and I think he's got that because he can stick around as a backup in this league. A player who compares really closely to him athletically from what we know about Corral's athleticism, and you kind of have to go back to, to high school for this. But from a size and athleticism standpoint, just based on what we know, you're going to get a comparison that's close to Brandon Allen. That sounds horrible if we're talking about hyping up a draft prospect, but Brandon Allen's a backup in the NFL right now, you know, and he's played games and he's, he's played bad. I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean, he's been okay as a backup as far as a guy who's been in the league a couple of years, you know? And right. guys, they're are, on the they're on the Matt Barkley, uh, you know Chase Daniel, like those right. undersi- undersized kind of pop gun. Now I think Corral nobody's going to complain about a Chase guys. Daniel career and they make you know forty fifty million in the long term. It's just right. you got to get to the point where you're a good presence in that quarterback room, and you know that's something Corral had. Uh, he's he's got a little bit of an edge to him, but. He seemed a lot more mature the last couple of years, so he's a guy I could see falling into that role. Yeah, and he kind of reminds me a little bit like his game of, of you know, like a 
I know he's a little more athletic when he runs, but like ball distribution type of like kind of like a Colt McCoy type of player where, you know, they're, I mean, honestly, his comp to me is kind of Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I I feel like there's a couple Baker, Colt McCoy, uh, Chase Daniel spectrum type of players in this class. So yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, he kind of falls into that. Uh, you look at, at, I mentioned Brendan Allen, you look at his college career, he wasn't nearly the runner that uh, Corral is, but he, he wasn't asked to. But as far as like testing out and being an athlete, that's kind of where I land. But yeah, like the guys you're mentioning, they're, they're like kind of long-term backups. Like Colt McCoy was drafted in 2010 and he's still hanging out in 2022. He's still going to be on an NFL roster. That's, that's a good career. I mean, we're kind of, you know, soft playing it right now, but I mean, the, 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 uh, general consensus between me and you is that this is not a good quarterback class for rookies. No, no not at all. Uh, who do you have it for? Uh, number four, I'm, I'm going with, with Sam Howell and he's kind of on that spectrum that we just mentioned. So Howell is a player. He, Gets the Mayfield comp a lot from from analysts, and I think he surprised a ton of people, including us, with the way he was able to run the ball this year. He had, uh, I think, he had the second most rushing yards for a quarterback this season. I might be, you know, misremembering this, but uh, coming into the year, he had averaged about one point one yard a carry in his career, and we mentioned that as a concern coming in into the year, there isn't a lot of success for quarterbacks that are in that range. And then he came out and he rushed for over 800 yards. They used him a lot more on planned running plays. So you've got some a lot to like with Hal as far as, uh, again, he's, he's a tough guy. He's a player who has a ton of starting experience at UNC. He uh, broke all kinds of records in the ACC and, and, and at UNC. But I... Another player we don't have athletic testing numbers on, so you can look kind of back to high school and see that he's probably improved from those numbers, but he's he's still going to be that Baker Mayfield range of athleticism. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this. We see the Mayfield comp a ton with Hal, and I think a lot of that has to do with the beard and, and the build. But what about a Minshew? What about a Gardner Minshew comp? And uh, so, so the way I think, I think uh, Sam Howell. I just another, feel like his arms just a little stronger. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you that. But uh, I think he's another guy who kind of gives you a spark, but you don't want to get married to him as your starter. He's going to cost more than Minshew cost. Minshew was bargain where he got picked. Howell's going to be more of a day two pick, uh, probably second or third round, and I would draft him somewhere in the third or fourth round. So he's he's my QB four, and uh, I I got to tell tell you I I don't think he really hurt himself that much this year. A lot of people think he hurt his stock this year. I think he actually stayed even, or or maybe even helped himself because I think there were a lot of questions. You know, he had so much around him talent wise two years ago, and he was still able to kind of hold the fort down from his standpoint from from a quarterback positional standpoint and really had to carry them more this year. 
And I thought he did a pretty good job. Even though the record wasn't great, Sam Howell wasn't the problem. Who's your third quarterback? Did we do your fourth? Yeah, we did, right? Yeah, yeah. You had Crow. Okay, so my third is going to be Ritter. And it's really a matter of that that he has more f- athletic upside than the two guys we just talked about in Crown and uh, Howe. I don't like his ball placement, and I think he's really erratic with that. I think he can be a very good runner. You see flashes, but I think he was also oversold as a runner because um, he did have that one long run. I think it was in 2020 where he had a, a 80 or 90 yard run, and he looked like he was pulling away. He had great speed. Four five two is very very good speed for a quarterback. And I joked at at one point that he was testing better than the receivers in the first group. He had a 36 inch vertical. The four five. He's tall and skinny. He's uh, he's not overaged, but he is 23. People like his maturity, and I could buy that. He's a leader on a team that was a power five. I mean, a group of five team that that made the playoffs, and that hadn't happened before. He's obviously got uh, a lot of respect around him, um, but I just really I don't like the ball placement. I don't think there's a lot of potential for him to get better as a passer, even with the athleticism. But I think there's a potential for him to play at like a an average starter level, at least for a period of time. So a player that I think is a fair comp for him is, and, and we had Emery Hunt on a few weeks ago, and he, he compared him to Marcus Mariota. That's kind of a pretty good comp for where I think Ritter's career is going to go because Mariota just signed as like a spot starter for, for Atlanta. And he's been a backup at, at times, and he, he was kind of a disappointment from being the number two overall pick. But I'll throw this one out here. Geno Smith. I think Ritter's got a build in athleticism similar to Geno Smith, arm strength similar to Geno Smith, ball placement concerns similar to Geno. Yeah, and, you know, it's fair, and, and that's why, you know, when you look at it, like I said, these these top three for me, we're the same, but we just had him in a different order. And I have Hal number three. And I think, I think his age, his ability to run this year, like you said, we don't have testing numbers, so I'd like to get those, but I, I doubt we're going to get them. He, on, I'm sorry, testing numbers on who? Oh, how do we get those? Right. No, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I don't think I said, they've I had their pro day yet. And I doubt we're going to get them. I mean. Why would just, he, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so when you look at it from that perspective, I think, you know, uh, how's my number three? And a lot of it comes down to what you said about Ritter is what, and then your kind of negatives on how is what I look at is like, I we he did one of the things we asked him. Like, we never bought into the Sam Howell's QB1 this year. Like, no. we, never, we never bought into it. And... I think what you have with Hal is a guy that's grown each year. We had a lot of questions coming in this year because he lost basically all of his weapons and, and he still was able to put up good numbers. He still showed that he's a, he's a more than capable and competent quarterback. Um, 
I I like what he brings as a competitor, and I like his I like his athleticism. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he's a guy that, like I said, you you flip a coin for any of those those three. Outside of Ritter being three inches taller than the other two guys, I, I mean, I don't really see a ton of variance in, in what to expect from them. Um, Ritter is old, the oldest. Corral's the most injury prone, and and Hal, um, to me, had you know, had the best kind of career in terms of growth from year to year. And so that's why I kind of ranked him the way I did. And, and so I actually I'm, have uh, Corral being the oldest of the three. Oh, is he the, the oldest? Yeah, he was born in January 99. And Ritter was born in, I believe, May of 99. Or I'm sorry, he was August 99. And then Hal was, uh, Hal's the youngest. Yeah, he's only 21 and a half. Right. But uh, so when you look at it, like I said, you know, those those three for me, coin flip, I'm not going to I'm not going to split hairs with how people rank them. Um, so I would, I would say that I would take Ritter probably in the late second and, and I would would probably not take the other two until the third. And that's, uh, you know, I guess that is splitting hairs, but. That's where I, because I, I mentioned Geno Smith and he was a second round pick, and that's kind of how I envision Desmond Ritter. But again, you you guys just heard my expectations. It's not like I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a steal in the second round. He's going to be a ten year Pro Bowler. Sam, or sorry, uh, Kenny Pickett is my number two. Is that who you have as two as well? Yeah, I did. I did finally uh, land on Pickett, and. Uh, but it is kind of again, it's it's damning with faint praise because I don't want to draft any quarterback in the first round this year. Do you want to know my pick at comp? Yeah, let's hear. It. Blake Bortles. <laughs> he's not as big as Bortles, though. I mean, but he's I mean, only two inches shorter, but they were about the same weight six six five, two hundred and thirty or twenty pounds. Um, was Bortles only 220? I thought he was like 235. Let's let's take a look what the NFL uh, listed him at. But yeah, when you look at it, you know, the one the one big year, um, you know, the the strong arm that's not actually that strong. I, <laughs> you remember like that was the big thing with Bortles is like when he when he pushed the ball at times, he looked like he had a really strong arm. Yeah, uh, yeah. They listed him at two thirty-two. So yeah, about. Right, so 10, he's got fifteen 10, pounds on Kenny. So when you look at it, you know, I just that kind of sneaky athleticism that you don't expect. Um, man, at the end of the day, like I think, I think Pickett's got some game to him. I think he can play a little bit, but I think his warts are so obvious that it's hard and and when you look back at Bortles it's the same thing right like this guy was making throws and and getting getting away with throws that were just obvious that were never going to work in the NFL and and that's that's the thing when you look at it I mean Bortles threw what 35 touchdowns in one season 
Mm-hmm. Um, he had him in the AFC championship game, right? Right. And they were competing with the... Yeah, there with was the a blown England, call, if I yeah. recall correctly. Yeah, with the New England Patriots. And so, yeah. you know, when you look at it, you know, yeah, Bortles threw 35 touchdowns one season. I think that's more than Baker's ever thrown, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you just look at it. Like, these are guys that are, you know, they have the talent. But their their flaws are obvious, and I don't know if they have the arm or the game itself to overcome those obvious flaws. Um, top around two is kind of the highest I would take this guy, but I think I think he's got some game. I think he's got some ability, um, but I wouldn't you know I wouldn't sell the farm for him. No way, and and we're hearing um, that Carolina really likes him. And Carolina is a team, you know, we talked a lot about the quarterback that, that carousel. Would be just like the Jaguars drafting Bortles at two, too. Like uh, a terrible we, situation. And, and we mentioned the quarterback carousel last week on the show, and it was a big part of what we talked about, all the trades that have gone down and and how, how I think the NFL really does not like this rookie class. But there still is – Carolina there at six who hasn't made a move and there's still uh, Seattle at nine who has Drew Locke and I don't think we're sold that there that either of those teams are ready to move forward with the quarterbacks they have on hand and you also have Pittsburgh later in, I think at pick 20 uh, who they've got a quarterback room of uh, Mason Rudolph Dwayne Haskins and uh, Mitch Trubisky so I don't think they are necessarily going to stand pat there. I mean, Pittsburgh's a perennial playoff team, and they've had 18 years of Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think they're just ready to, you know, just tank for, for 2023. I think they would take an opportunity to draft a quarterback if they like these guys. I don't know if anybody really likes these guys, though, but Pickett, we got to mention the small hands, Seth. I don't think we brought it up yet. Eight and a half inch at his uh, at the combine, and then eight and five eighths inch at his pro day. So he was able to stretch it out just a little bit more. Still tiny hands for a quarterback, especially when his height. And I just, I just really think he's a kind of average player. You know, he's got the small hand warts. He's got the age warts. Yeah, you know, he's he's going to be uh, twenty four years old in June. So, as we've mentioned before on the show a number of times, he's older than Jalen Hurts. He's older than Mac Jones. Those are guys in their uh, second and third, or, or yeah, third and second years, respectively. So, uh, I don't see the upside with Kenny Pickett. I think he's a, a he had a really great college season. I think he's a player who has stopgap type of starter ability with long term backup potential. And I think the athletic and size competition for him is Ryan Finley. And he was kind of in the same boat coming out. He, he was a pretty productive college player in the ACC at NC State. He was overaged, although he was a year older even than Pickett is coming into this draft. Uh, Finley came in at 25. I think he was a third-round pick. He's a, he's a backup drifting around in the league. I don't think you want to uh, – 
hitch your wagon to Kenny Pickett as a starter long term, but I'll buy that he's the second best quarterback in the class. Yeah, and that's kind of damning with faint praise, right? It really is. Yeah, I mean, as I said, um, I I actually have only one quarterback in my top twenty five as I'm starting to like finalize my big board, and and we haven't mentioned him yet. Yeah, and so I mean, when we look at it, it, it Malik Willis is quarterback one. You came into the year that way. Um, I wanted to ride Matt Corral, but there's just too many knocks right now um, on the health and the size situation where that all came to be realistic right like that was kind of the knock coming on or coming into the year and then the fact that he didn't finish out the year healthy the fact that he came in around what he was listed at but i mean he was obviously not as big as we were hoping um you know it just all it all goes to that and then you look at Willis and he kind of did everything we had hoped this year. Uh, obviously, Liberty didn't have the year that people expected, but at the same time, I mean, he's playing with guys that aren't even going to get looked at in the NFL. I mean, it's not like he's he was playing for Ole Miss um, or you know Cincinnati even, who's going to have you know an Alex uh, an Alec Pierce and, a, and the Ford kid drafted, you know. Um, as weapons like these, he did the most with the least in his career. Um, the only guy that really was close to him was this year, Sam Howell with, you know, kind of what he lacks, but even he's got, you know, four star freshmen and, and sophomores he's playing with. Um, man, Willis is a, is a nice prospect. I, I really like his game. Um, but I also think that it's it's realistic that you look at him and you, you know, you do say like, would you take him if you're the Washington Commanders at eleven? I mean, obviously not now if you traded for Carson Wentz, but like, you know, going back to that, would you have would you have taken Willis at eleven? Well, they're talking about taking him at two in Detroit, right. uh, and I'm not buying that. But you know, I think that's a ploy to to get somebody to trade up to two. But I suppose it's possible Detroit could use a uh, quarterback of the future. Jared Goff is is not that guy. Now we have Atlanta has traded Matt Ryan. They've got Mariota again as a stopgap. You have Carolina. You have Seattle there. So there are a lot of teams. We're back to this conversation where there are teams that would seem to need a quarterback in the, in the range where they're drafting. But the question is, will they take them? And the thing is, you have all these trades going down that we're going to talk about on the Patreon show. You have all these quarterback trades happening. But just last year, these trades were to make the pick for the quarterback, for the rookie quarterback. You had the Jets going and to get Zach Wilson, you have uh, San Francisco going to get Trey Lance. They, you know, we everybody knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to go number one, but San Francisco traded up to number three and traded three first rounders, just like uh, Cleveland traded for Deshaun Watson to go up to three, not even knowing if Trey Lance was going to be in that spot. Right? It, they 
they probably had a good idea who the Jets were going to take it to, but they couldn't have possibly known for certain. It could have changed at the last minute, but they were still willing to move up. Nobody's moving up to get these picks where they can guarantee that they're going to get these quarterbacks. And all you have to do, you can move up to two if you want Malik Willis or if you want Kenny Pickett. You just have to get to two with Detroit. And I think that's the game they're playing by kind of throwing it out there that they might take Willis at two. I don't buy it. And uh, I look at Willis as a prospect who, you know, for one, we, we ragged on Corral for throwing all those interceptions in a couple of games in 2020. And Willis had, I think, three games with three interceptions apiece in, you know, for Liberty this season. And we have heard people talk about that. And it's not like he got off scot-free or anything like that. But I look at him more like a prospect where of Jalen Hurts caliber. I think he's a, a little bit better of a prospect than Jalen Hurts was coming out of college, where I had him as a, a day two guy. I think Willis is a more polished passer. I think he's a little bit faster even. But he's short. He's he's not 6'1". He's uh, built very solidly. He's, he's about 220. But I see him more as a player with Tyrod Taylor type of upside than some of the hyperbole that we're hearing about him. Like Mina Kimes saying that he, you know, she was comparing him to Josh Allen at the combine. No. It's not, it doesn't make sense. It's not a comp that makes sense. Tyrod Taylor's had a pretty good career. He only was a fifth round pick, but he's had seasons where he was, he came into the year as a starter on his team. I think that's a perfectly fine. And uh, I mean that as a compliment. Like Tyrod Taylor's been a, a solid quarterback in this league, a guy that teams can count on as a starter, a guy who probably should have got more of a run as a starter during the course of his career, but probably didn't because he was a fifth-round pick. So if Malik Willis does become a first-round pick, I think he, he's going to get a longer look and he's going to end up having a better career, but not a player that I would sell the farm for to move way up into the top 10. So if a team like Pittsburgh can sit and chill at 20, and they end up with Malik Willis, man, as a Browns fan, I would hate that. Yeah, and that's I think that's kind of where, where we're at. Um, I saw an interesting one. I cannot find it. But somebody was talking about that Malik Willis throw at the end where he, you know, took a drop back, scrambled right, rolled out to the left, pivoted, and then threw it, what, 60 yards in the air on a right. dime. And it was a great throw. And, you know. And somebody, it's that throw I, that they're all trying to do on pro day ever since uh, Zach Wilson did it last year. Yeah, and and that's what somebody said is you know they're like, you know that was exactly like Zach Wilson, blah blah blah, and somebody smart and I man I I apologize that I can't remember who it was. It's somebody we both follow and interact with, so I I'm just it's, it's escaping me right now. Um, they said just because you the NFL made the mistake with Wilson doesn't mean you should make the mistake with Willis, even though Willis is better. And that's, I, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. I think Willis has more upside as a prospect than, than Zach Wilson. And I think Zach Wilson, he was like the flashy object 
on the ground in 2020 because it was such a crazy year. And we have a more measured year this year. We have uh, a year that allows for more measured takes. But even with that being said, these pro days really brought out the, you know, the best in people's ability to go back and just spout off as if there was never any 2021 game film to watch. It was just like, oh, look at look at that throw and look at the reaction from the crowd. This guy's QB one. He's going two overall. And, and that was uh, our buddy Il Il Malik on on Twitter oh, okay. that said yeah. that. So I mean, that's that's what it was. And and you know, then that was kind of his point. Is like people are going to say Willis was a reach, but I mean, I what what does he not do that's as good as Wilson was coming out? Again, you don't want to justify making that same mistake, but. Mm-hmm. You know, the Jets drafted Wilson at, at two. That I mean, Trey Lance, at least with Trey Lance, you can say the upside of the size and, and, and athleticism, you know, being three inches taller and, and 20 pounds heavier. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't think that Willis is, is that far off the, you know, the Wilson and the Lances of the world anyways. And also look at last year's rookie class. They didn't really play that well as rookies. And it was right. a much it was, more it was, heralded class. It was Mac Jones. And I mean, Mac Jones was the best rookie quarterback. And I, <laughs> I mean, would, would you even say he was in the best situation? I mean, yes, he has the I best. I think most he had the people best, would say that. Yeah. He, he had the best coaches, but I'm saying like the players around him, like he, right. he, it's not like he was throwing he, to prime. Didn't he win a game where guys. he threw three passes? Right, exactly. So. <laughs> and, and, and you have Davis Mills, who maybe looked like, the yeah, second quarter, best quarterback on the two in that class on the surface. Right. And, you know, yet um, we can now, go now on obviously for you hours. See, right. You want to see Lawrence with his Lawrence had urban Meyer um, fields had Matt Nagy that Meyer was a disaster. Nagy was a lame duck. Um, you know, Wilson had first year coach, Robert Sala. There's, a lot working against these guys and we're not here to make excuses, but more to my point is that this class, I don't even think, I think most people would agree with me. This class isn't as good as last year's class and look how much trouble they had. So yeah, if you're Carolina and Seattle, I wouldn't want to draft one of these guys in the top 10. You got a hot take for us? Yeah, it's coming. It's uh, it's related to Malik Willis, and it's coming from Chris Sims. You know, Chris Sims had he always kind of has some hot takes about the quarterback class every year. I think his biggest hot take last year was how much he did not like Justin Fields. And you know, after year one, to be fair, Fields has a lot to prove. But uh, Chris Sims, this came from his podcast, so I don't have a tweet to read, but I'll just relay what I heard on his podcast. And he said he had Malik Willis at quarterback three, okay? And he said about Malik Willis, he doesn't think he's faster than Kenny Pickett or Corral straight away. Now, that's in quotes. That last word is in quotes, straight away. So I think he's saying in a straight line. He doesn't think Malik Willis is faster than Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral. We don't have a time on Corral, but we have a time on Pickett. It was four seven three. I think Blake Willis is faster straight away. Sneaky than, athletic. 
Yeah, than than Kenny Pickett. And he said he 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 said he didn't think Willis was as athletic as people thought. I I don't really agree. I don't think Willis runs a four three or anything like that. But he he's around a four five. That's the time we've heard. That's the time we've quoted on this show. We've we've never said he's a four four guy. We've never said he was Michael Vick. But he's I think he is more athletic and faster straight away than Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral. And Corral was uh, Sims QB1, for those of you wondering. I mean, Sims sees a lot of himself in there not being able to get on the field and all. So, <laughs> I, I think, you know, say what you want. The guy, every year he comes out with takes, and every year we're talking about it, and everybody's talking about it. His podcast is called Unbuttoned. But for some reason, he wears a button-up shirt all the way buttoned to the top, even though he's not wearing a tie, which I find kind of weird. But um, maybe I'm just old, and I don't get it. You know, I've been wearing sweats for two years, Seth. We've been teleworking, so. Exactly. Anything else before we get out of here? No, just um, thanks for listening. Uh, our last, like, four shows, we've had tons of listeners. We're so thankful and appreciative for that. Um, if you find it in your hearts... And uh, if you want to hear more of us, go ahead to that Patreon site. I link it in the show notes for iTunes every week. If you want to go there, subscribe. Two bucks a month, you get the extra show. I'm going to be posting a lot of rankings coming up for the four buck a month crew. And that's the generational tier. But by all means, any tier is much appreciated. And we appreciate all of you guys, even if you don't subscribe to us on Patreon. So thanks for listening. And uh, again, we're going to have a lot of rankings coming out soon. That's it from us tonight. We'll be back later this week with the Patreon episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. We need to do an outro at some point. Just something kind of what I hear in other shows is where they're like, uh, you know, uh, subscribe and give us a five star review. Sign up for our Patreon. It's $2 a month for our bonus episodes, $4 a month for all additional content. Something like that. Yeah, we should work on something like that. That could be it right there. A read, yeah. That's it. Exactly.